60,000 is brought to you in part by RP Funding. RP Funding Inc. is licensed and can offer loans in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia, and is also licensed by the Mississippi Department of Banking and Consumer Finance and by the Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Office is located at 500 Wonderly Place, Suite 300, Maitland, Florida, 32751. Telephone 321-397-4420. RP Funding's nationwide mortgage licensing system ID number is 70168, and Robert Palmer's NMLS ID number is 76197. We're saving thousands with Robert Palmer right here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network. Robert Palmer is the financial advisor that you have been waiting for. He's that person who's going to come into your life and be your coach and help you take over your money. You know, people who listen to the Saving Thousands Radio Show and who frequent our SavingThousands.com and our Saving Thousands Radio app are quickly and easily becoming informed and empowered as masters of their individual financial world. Yes, you should be the chief executive officer of your money. The credit card companies, the loan companies, the automobile dealerships, your bank, your mortgage company should not be bossing you around. It's time for us to turn the tables. It's time for us as consumers to take over. We have new government agencies out to help us. We have more and more people coming on the radio, just like Robert Palmer, writing books and more to help us become empowered. So all of a sudden, the guys in the giant mega banks aren't holding all the cards and holding all the cash anymore. We are becoming empowered. So it's time for you to join the revolution and get aboard. Today, we're going to talk about a lot of things that affect you. We're going to talk about educating our kids about money. Boy, we are doing a lousy job at that. We're going to talk about car loans and can you accelerate the car loan payment process. We'll talk about equity and the people that have equity but don't even know they've got it. And so they're sitting on the sidelines with tens of thousands of dollars that could be working for them, but they don't even know they've got it. And we'll talk about the misuse of credit cards, some of the things that people often do wrong, and the major advantages of buying and selling a home. So let's get started. Robert, we are doing a lousy job when it comes to helping our kids know about money. When you look at it, younger and younger ages are being exposed to more and more of the things that adults used to only talk about. But we're not doing that when it comes to money. What's the problem? Yeah, it, it's, it's this whole taboo. It's we don't we don't want to talk about it, you know. And, and so we're 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 totally willing to hand uh, a four year old our our iPad or iPhone or Android tablet and let them play around with it and learn and experience we don't want to give them money we don't want to talk to them about how much we make we don't want to talk to them about what our credit score is we don't want to talk to them about how many how much credit card availability we have or how much credit card debt we have uh and so it's this whole foreign concept and and how are we supposed to learn you know i I love going back to this language example if you refuse to speak to your child they would never learn they would never learn english they would never learn how to talk right and so if you if you refuse to talk to your child about the language of finance how are they ever going to understand it and then for a lot of parents they don't understand it themselves uh, and, and so how are they going to talk to their kids about it? Because there's no, no good resource out there. There's been no good way uh, to learn. And that's what I'm here to fix. And that's what we're going to fix. And, and whether that means that I have to write this whole curriculum myself and make it available to people on savingthousands.com where they can download mm-hmm. it and, and go over it with their kids themselves, or if we can get it in the school systems or whatever we can do, that's what I've now got to figure out. But it, it is my mission in life to fix this and, and to make uh, knowledge and education about financial services, about personal finance, uh, financial literacy in general available to the younger generation. Uh, and, and if parents don't want to do it with their own examples, we'll build fictitious examples. You know, we'll we'll build some crazy character like a Barney the Purple Dinosaur and and have him <laughs> show kids what his paycheck looks like and, and, and figure this out. But it's something that has to happen. Uh, and if you look at it, all the thing kids are taught. I mean, where is this? It, it's nowhere. It's nowhere on the horizon. Uh, nobody's thinking about it. Nobody's talking about it. I think that's on purpose. Again, I, I believe, and I you know I don't. I don't want to come across like a conspiracy theorist guy, but you know, I, I really I know for a fact that financial services companies will go to great lengths to prevent consumers from being educated when it comes to interest and fees and APRs and annual fees and late fees and credit cards and balances and student loans and all this stuff because that's how they make money, right? One of the rules is if you know their tricks, they don't work. They don't want you to know the tricks. Uh, the whole point of education is so you know the tricks. Because uh, the big problem is if everybody figures out the tricks, if everybody figures out how to how to live responsibly and not pay a bunch of interest, uh, what are they gonna what are they gonna pay for their big glass towers with? How are they gonna 
pay to have 900 executive vice presidents. I mean, if you look at a lot of the waste and things happening at big financial services companies, it comes on the back of consumers. And we're going to fix that. We're going to change that. We're going to change it right now with our listeners. And we're going to change it at the core all the way down to down to our kids in schools. And we're going to empower them earlier. We're going to give them the knowledge they need. And we're going to teach them. We're going to teach them how to conquer this beast. We're going to teach them how to be financial ninjas from an early age. We're going to teach them how to be comfortable. Right. I mean, just imagine imagine a time when when kids are so comfortable and so understanding of what impacts their credit score or what impacts interest, right? So the same way they're amazing their parents with the things they can do on computers, the things they can do on cell phones or tablets, imagine if they're amazing you with the ways they can avoid interest by using credit cards in the right way. They can maximize their credit score by building out the perfect credit profile, by by knowing, well, if I buy that car with 0% interest, I can stick the money over here in an exchange-traded fund, and I can pick up whatever the market does. And I mean, imagine if your kids are coming to you with this type of information and knowledge and what a proud parent you'd be and how much money they could save and how many pitfalls they could avoid in life. And that's the world I want to live in. Rob, I want to live in a world where kids are as comfortable with financial decisions and making good decisions about money and making good decisions about credit scores and credit cards and student loans and car loans and mortgages as they are at playing around with an iPad or an Android tablet mm-hmm. or whatever piece of technology that they're also comfortable with today. And it's totally possible because, look, it's no more complex. It's about trusting them to do it, right? And so I, I think if you look, one of the reasons that we're so willing uh, to give kids our, you know, the phones and tablets today is we feel like they can't break them. We feel like they can't mess them up, right? When computers were early, there was this fear like you could mess the computer oh, yeah. up. And, and now we've, we've, we've made it so rock solid that there's really nothing you could do to, to screw up a tablet, right? Short of like smashing it over your, your knee. Uh, but so it was our own fears, right? The, the, the kids can conquer this stuff, right? As human beings, we are very, very intelligent. We do not give ourselves credit for the potential we have. Uh, we do not give ourselves credit for the things we can accomplish at very young ages if we are just given the opportunity. And, and so the reason that the kids are so comfortable with iPhones and iPads and tablets is because their parents are giving them the opportunity to be. Mm-hmm. They're handing them the tablet at age four, age five, age three, and letting them play around with it. Nobody was handing a kid a real laptop at that age because there was a fear they could mess it up. No one's handing a kid access to financial information or credit scores or credit cards because they're afraid they can mess it up. They're afraid they're not ready. We're putting this limit on them, all right? The kids are smart. Kids can do this stuff. I mean, we absolutely, we don't give ourselves enough credit as a species. Uh, we we are very intelligent. We don't maximize our potential, and it all starts at a very young age. And if you don't believe me, hand a four-year-old a tablet and, and watch them amaze you. Now, I'll tell you what. You watch the kids today. They can play any video game there is, and they can excel to the highest level right here in the same office park that we're in, EA Sports. They capitalize in teaching kids. Well, how about if they come up with a game like Credit Crush? Yeah. Or, or angry customers that yeah. angry birds. There you go. I mean, let's come up with something because the kids show their intellect. They can do this. Absolutely. They can and, absolutely do it. And this is so important. Just like technology touches every aspect of your life now, uh, personal finance and, oh. and finance touches every aspect of your life. And again, we, we've got to fix this. This is this is my mission. We're going to be talking about this more on upcoming shows. And if you have ideas as to how we can get our kids, this younger generation, more aligned with money, more freedom to talk about money, not being uptight to ask questions about money, financing, buying a car, getting the student loan, getting their first home. Let's open the conversation. And if you've got some ideas about how to do that, simply go to savingthousands.com. That's savingthousands.com. And there is a tab right across the top of the homepage called Ask RP. That's right. So all you need to do is say, hey, Robert, I got a great idea. And we won't divulge your name or anything, but maybe you've got an idea of how you have empowered your kids from maybe that very first allowance they got or the very first holiday money or their tooth fairy money, whatever it might be. Let's learn the basics of money early and let's open up the conversation with our kids, with our spouse, with our extended family. Let's let everybody get out there on the same page. Communication is one of the big, big keys. Now I mentioned Ask Robert at uh, savingthousands.com. You can always use that to ask a financial question. And there are lots of financial questions on your mind. But as you go through Saving Thousands website, you're going to find articles, radio shows, 
and much, much more that may very well answer your question. But at the same time, some of those articles and archived radio shows may open up a plethora of questions for you. So we keep all that confidential, but ask the questions. Feel free to do that. I'm just going to ask RP at savingthousands.com. And speaking of asking RP, we've got a question right now. RP, what's up? So we, we got a question on the text line here, Rob. Uh, again, that's 35353. That's the Saving Thousands text line. Uh, the biweekly payment plan you talked about yesterday for mortgages, can that be used on car loans as well? And I will tell you absolutely. Now, uh, here's the thing. It, it is not as impactful on a car loan because the term isn't as long, right? right? So when we're talking about a 30-year mortgage, right, in the early in the early days of a 30-year mortgage, uh, something like 80 or 90% of your money is going toward interest. Wow. And so that extra payment really supercharges it on the back end. So we're, we're making the extra payment a year through biweekly. We'll cut years off the back of a mortgage. It's maybe only going to cut a couple of months off of the back of a car loan, right, mm-hmm. um, as far as the interest savings. Now, I think it's a great strategy. There's no reason not to do it, right? You know, if, you, if the way you get paid, it makes sense, make your extra payment up front like we talked about, then split your car loan in half and make the payment each time you get paid. There's no reason not to do it, and it will save you money but it's not as dramatically impactful because the term of the loan is shorter. So you're, with a car loan, you're always paying a good bit toward principal. Right? I mean, from the first car payment, you know, probably uh, two-thirds of it is going toward principal and only one-third toward interest because it's, it's in most cases, a five- or a six-year loan. Now, the longer the term of the loan is, the more impactful it will be. So I think there's some cars today you can finance for like seven years, right, Rob? That's crazy. 80, 84 months, I, I think, they're going on you, some cars. I was going to ask you that question. You are a financial ninja. You're teaching us. You are a leader in the financial industry. How long should a person that's an average wage earner, maybe they make uh, 50, 60 a year, their wife makes 30, 40 a year, how long should they have a, a car payment? Nobody wants to hear my answer to that. I know, but I, they need to hear it. I mean, I, I, think, I think the longest you should go is 48 months. I mean, four years. I, I knew that was going to be your answer. I, I, I know, agree. I would like to see people finance for three years. Now, again, <sighs> there, there's a caveat here. If you can get zero interest for 60 months, well, sure. take it. If you can get zero interest for 79, 220 months, whatever, if you can get zero interest, take it. The longest you can get was zero interest. But uh, otherwise, uh, you know, I like to see people finance a car three to four years, you know, and, and because you can get upside down. I mean, you, you know, it's just, I, you know, I, I do think they do 84-month car loans now. Gosh. Uh, and I will tell you on an 84-month car loan, the biweekly payment will be more impactful. <laughs> you know, on, on a 36-month car loan, you've only, you're only going to make three extra payments. Yeah. And so it's not going to have a huge impact there. Uh, but the, the longer the debt, the more powerful that strategy is, right? So it's more powerful on a 30-year mortgage than it is on a 15-year mortgage. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's, forget mortgage, it's not even about what it is, it's the term. So once your term passes, you know, uh, you know, I would say at seven years, it starts to become impactful at 13, 14, 15 year term. Like there's boat loans you can get for 15 to 20 right. years. Uh, the biweekly payment would be very, would be more impactful there. Sure. Uh, so that what really supercharges and makes that biweekly payment plan. And again, if you missed yesterday's show, uh, I'm talking about biweekly payments, doing it yourself. Do not, do not listen to me. Do not write this down. I, I, I'm not going to, this isn't important enough to be a rule, but, but I'm going to, I'm going to shout this from time to time. Uh, do not pay someone else a fee to facilitate you paying your mortgage or any debt bi-weekly, all right? It's very simple. Make an extra payment up front so that you get a month ahead and then pay every time you get paid half. That's it. It's that simple. A few basic steps. Producer Dave wrote the tutorial yesterday and threw it on the website. Right, Producer Dave? Did we get that up? We did. Thumbs up from Producer Dave. Let's add in there that this works on car loans as well, right? Boat loans, any type of loan. But again, the longer the term of the loan, the more beneficial Mm -hmm. it's going to be. It just makes sense to me, too, that you've got two paychecks a month maybe. Well, how come that one paycheck is the one you take your car payment and your house payment out of just once a month, and then you've got a, you've got two more weeks where you don't have any money, you can't even go out and have pizza. But if you budget over each week and twice a month, you're paying you know half of everything, then you're ahead, you're paying more on principal, yeah, it's, it, and you've got it, money to live on. It really does work. And that that's what these companies are selling that sell the biweekly services. Uh, but, but don't, because again, any money you pay a company in fees to facilitate this for you, that's money you're not saving. Right, and so you think about this. You go out there and you negotiate a great interest rate. You you do everything I tell you to do. You shop around. You know your numbers. You go get a great deal on a mortgage. You go get a great deal on a car loan. Whatever it is, you get the best rate possible. You don't pay any fees, but then you pay some idiot a fee uh, to to help you make your payment biweekly. It just doesn't make any sense. No. And again, it, early in the show, we talked about how a lot of these websites are promoting the credit cards, right? That pay them. Mm-hmm. Well, these biweekly payment companies 
pay mortgage companies for referring them business. I have them approach me all the time. Oh, oh Robert, we can help your clients reduce their debt faster with our biweekly payment plan. Uh, I'm like, well, what are the fees? Oh, they're very affordable. No, what are the fees? Yeah. Well, Robert, we pay you $100 per referral. I don't need $100 from you. I'm not going to put my client into a bogus program just so I can make $100. Now, a lot of mortgage people will. Right? They, sure they, they, will. Will, they will sling home warranties, and they will sling biweekly payment plans to pick up that extra little bit of cash. We don't do any of that, right? Uh, credit life insurance. Mm-hmm. These are all the things. You know, there's always somebody trying to pay somebody else to sell you something you don't need. We need to figure out how to craft that into a rule. Amen. There's a guy trying to sell a guy to get him to sell you. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, there's always someone trying to pay someone to, t- to sell you something you don't some, need. Some kind of right? rule that says something like, <laughs> who is really benefiting from yeah, this transaction yeah, that's yeah. costing me money? It is, it's insane. So, yeah, so, like, we don't we don't promote any credit life insurance. See, the, the credit unions used to be terrible with this. They would tack on really? the credit life insurance to a lot of their, their deals because they were getting paid. So, anyway, so, yeah, credit life insurance you don't need. I mean, I don't think you need it. And if you do need it, don't buy it from the credit or go buy it from a life insurance agent and shop around. Do it the way you're supposed to. You know, rule number one, shop around. Uh, You don't need to pay someone to make your payments for you on a biweekly payment plan. Uh, So, yeah, so this this is just one of those things that really irks me. So, yeah, it's really simple. And and so, you know, I have two choices in life. I can uh, get $100 for telling you to hire some idiot to do it for you. Or I can have producer Dave post a tutorial. uh, And I do not get the $100, but I get to do what's right for my client. Uh, I'm going door number two. I'm going door number two every time, every day of the week. You know, there's a lot more available from the Robert Palmer family of companies than you might know about. Of course, we have the radio show. You're all tuned on to that. We have the Saving Thousands radio app where you can just simply download that from your Play Store or whatever. And once it's on your phone, for no cost whatsoever, you can just tap the app and then you'll see a list of shows. And you can tap on those and listen to Saving Thousands with Robert Palmer endlessly if you want the shows are about an hour long and you can just kind of click down through there and you will get those commercial free of course and all the information is just for you so what do we got we've got savingthousands.com we've got the saving thousands radio show we have archives on the saving thousands app we also have our 24 hour a day iheart channel under robert palmer take advantage of that i think you're going to really really like it and of course as we go along We also have workshops from time to time. And Robert is actually publishing three books as we speak. So financial empowerment is what it's all about. And if there's anything we can do for you, we hope that you will consider calling us because customer service is all we do. I mean, that's what it's all about here. We come to work each and every day to do one thing, and that's empower the consumers. It's actually Robert Palmer paying it back. He's had so much success in business. He's taken a business from the grassroots to just a a handful of people to office buildings in Jacksonville, Orlando, Lakeland, and building more and more as the Robert Palmer family of companies continues to grow. So this portion of the company is all about helping you so we can have more people be empowered, more people buying homes, more people buying cars, furniture. It all helps the economy. Well, Robert, you know, a lot of our listeners still are in that fog of the housing crunch of years ago. They haven't awoken to the fact that housing values are back and they're probably sitting on a whole bunch of equity that's doing nothing for them right now, which could be working for them. But we've got to convince them that they have equity. That's exactly what I want them to do. You know, yeah. if, if you think your home might be underwater, call oh. us and let us call us and let us take a look at it, right? Call the mortgage company. Let us take a look at it. We've got some resources we can use. Yeah. We've got some experts we can tap into. We can absolutely help you. See, don't don't be afraid, right? You may be sitting there saying, well, I, I don't think I have good enough credit to refinance with RP funding. Uh, I don't think I have enough home equity to refinance with RP funding. I don't I don't think this. I don't think that. I'm not good enough. I, I don't deserve to save this money. I don't deserve to not pay closing costs. I, I don't, I don't, I don't. You do. Yeah. And I want you to right now. So just pick up the phone and give us a call. We can talk you through your home value. We can talk you through mm-hmm. potential ways to save. We can talk you through problems on your credit or problems that you thought were problems that aren't really problems. And it's all one simple, toll-free, no obligation phone call away, 855-773-8634. That's 855-773-8634. Rob, give them the phone number a couple times. They, they, We really do get more calls when you say it than when I say it for whatever reason. I don't understand, but I want people to call that number. Our people will walk you through the whole process. They'll answer every one of your questions. And again, with no obligation, just have the conversation. 
855-773-8634. And as they taught me at announcer school, say at one time real slow, 855, that's toll free, 773-8634. RP Funding, one of the Robert Palmer family of companies. Got to be a great, great day when you find out you can refinance, Robert. Yeah, so Rob, you you know you work for one of the other companies in the Robert Palmer you know company's family. You work for the the Saving Thousands Radio Network, mm-hmm. but you know your office where you sit is, is kind of attached to the lobby at RP Funding. You know, so while you don't work for RP Funding, you see a lot of people coming and going. Well, share a couple stories. I mean, kind of share what you see. You know, you you talk to people in the elevator in the lobby. You know, you're one of those guys. Rob Rob talks to everybody. Uh, so if Rob sees you, Rob's going to talk to you. Uh, and so be- because his office, his Saving Thousands offices, radio network offices are right next to RP Funding, there's a lot of interaction with our customers. You know, what, what do you hear from people that have taken advantage of the no closing cost refund? I know there's some people that are skeptical, but then it happens. I mean, share some of the stories you see uh, being located right there next to RP Funding. The great thing, like you say, is I have an all glass office. So I get to see the people when they first come off the elevator. That's the way I face. And I see sometimes a little trepidation in their step when they first time, first time I ever see them. Then they come in here and they go to the reception desk. They're treated so nicely. That's where customer care really begins is at that desk, whether it's by phone or in person. So I see them immediately kind of come of ease. There's water, there's coffee, and there's going to be somebody come out that is a licensed mortgage professional who has made it through Robert's very, very stringent screening of customer service first. Let's bring this down to the tabletop level. Let's not talk down to people. Let's not be majority of the people let's look and talk about the situation and i watched this entire process because not only can i see out the window when they're coming in from the elevator i see them in in the lobby and then i see them as they're escorted back to one of the private rooms where they have you know very comfort situation where they can talk to the loan officer when i see them come out i see a very relaxed very relaxed couple robert and usually they're engaged in very friendly smiling animated conversation with the loan officer who then walks them to the elevator. They may come back a time or two with some documents and they'll wave at me because now I'm a familiar face. And then, you know, they pretty well get to know everybody. But the really cool thing is Robert at the very end and your office doesn't face this. And I, I wish I could just take my camera out every time is watching the people when they come in for the closing or they come in to pick up their final papers, people are hugging their loan officer. When was the last time, ladies and gentlemen, in this, in this world that you've seen somebody walk into a financial institution, smile, become a friend, and then hug somebody on the way out? And one of the other things that I have to bring up, Robert, I don't want to take up much of your time, but the other thing I see is people bring their kids with them. They bring their little kids. So we're sharing the experience with youngsters who are watching mom and dad. And the greatest thing I saw the other day was a family. They walked out and they were getting the money to buy a vacation home. They're actually getting a cash out and using those funds to get another property. And this is something they were going to use near the the coast. I'm following these people off the elevator. They get outside the door, Robert. And if this isn't the American dream, I don't know what is. The little girl looks up at her mother and said, did we get the house? And her parents high five each other. They high fived each other in a public building and then hugged each other. Now, when that can happen in an experience, Is that not worth a phone call at 855-773-8634, 855-773-8634, Since I graduated from college in 1975, I've been associated with a lot of businesses, but I've never been associated with one that I see so much happiness during the transaction, especially Robert Palmer, a financial transaction, which is usually a little scary, but not here. Yeah, and again, Rob, I love when people come in, and we're happy to do the whole transaction with the phone with you. You know, if you're near enough to our Maitland headquarters, we'd love for you to come into the office. Uh, if not, we can do the whole thing over the phone. We're, we're happy to do this on, on the customer's terms. I want to make refinancing as easy as possible. That's why we've reduced the barrier of the closing costs by me paying them all. Uh, we're happy to do it on your terms. We've got electronic signing on the internet. We can do it in person by the phone, whatever. But I, I love those stories. I, I love when people do come in, and, and I, I still meet customers that, that, you know, after the closing, like, I... I just didn't believe it. I still thought the closing costs were going to show up somewhere. And, and it was really true. My balance stayed the same and the rate went down or the term went down or we got the cash we needed and there really weren't any closing costs. You were telling the truth. And I'm like, why? Well, if you didn't think I was telling the truth, why did you call us? You know, why did you go through all this? And, and you know, and I, I think, you know, deep down, I understand that it, it sounds too good to be true. The industry has brainwashed people 
to believe that there can be no good deals, you know, to believe that that closing costs are this big unsurmounting you know, problem that, that the customer has to deal with. And uh, and I get that. I was brainwashed the same way for a lot of years because when I didn't own the company, right, when, when I was just a loan officer or when I was just a senior vice president of a lender, when I worked for someone else or I worked for a lender that had a board of directors and shareholders or was a public company or was owned by a big bank, and they have these crazy profit expectations they have to hit. I mean, look, look at Apple, the most popular company in the world. Look at the profit expectations that are put on them. You know, and their stock is, is will drop just because they, they don't make enough crazy amount of profit. <laughs> and so having always worked in one of those type of mortgage companies, I understand the brainwash and I understand the misconception that makes this sound too good to be true. But now that it's my company and I own this company and, and we are a very large lender, we have all the authority, we securitize our own loans. It has taken me 15 years to get to this point in my career where I could own a company with all the authority to make decisions and not be a broker and not be a correspondent, but to be a true lender with full decision-making authority to actually service the loans on the back end and keep them and collect your payments every month for 30 years. All of that took a lot of hard work on my part to get there. But now that I'm there, I see the amazing things we can do and I see by cutting out the fat and cutting out the greed and running a company that, that focuses on volume and customer satisfaction and customer service as opposed to making as much money on any one customer, acting like a vampire and trying to suck every little bit of blood out of each customer who calls us. That's how most companies work, not us. I've been able to break the mold, break the model. I'm wildly successful for doing it. You get to save money. It's really a win, win, win. And all you gotta do is pick up the phone and give us a call. You can be a part of this. You can refinance with no closing costs. I'm gonna pay them all for you. I want you to refinance. I want you to pay less interest. I want you to move your mortgage. I'm going to bribe you to move your mortgage from your current lender over to us, over to RP Funding by refinancing with us today. That bribe comes in the form of me paying all your closing costs, right? And I do that out of my profit. I make less profit because I paid all your closing costs. I make less revenue because I paid all your closing costs. It's that simple. But it's a, it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. It's a trade-off that I believe works and I'm proving works. Every single day I'm proving it works by our success. And you can call right now and refinance a home loan with no closing costs at RP Funding. 855-773-8634. That's 855-773-8634. 855-773-8634. Or go to rpfunding.com. Save big, no closing costs. Refinance your home loan. We're here to help. We're here to help guide you through every step. We're here to help you make those right decisions. Should you shorten the term? Should you take the longer term? Should you take cash out? Should you go to that fixed rate? 20-year fix, 30-year fix, 15-year fixed. What should you do? What's going to be best for your financial situation? We are here to help you make those, those, those decisions, and we're here to pay all the closing costs for you so that you can refinance without the downside, all upside, no downside, no closing costs. 855-773-8634. That's the phone number. 855-773-8634. I've told you how we do it. I've told you why we do it. The only thing left is for you to call and be a part of it and get a free quote, get a free mortgage quote, get a free mortgage analysis. Let one of my loan officers who robs these hugging people in the lobby every single day uh, walk you through this and help you make what is probably going to be the best financial decision of your life. And that's refinancing with RP funding with no closing costs at 855-773-8634. Save three, four, five thousand $5,000 because I'm going to pay the closing costs that are not mine. I'm going to pay all the third party closing costs for you out of my money. I'm not going to charge you lender fees because I never do. It's how I'm revolutionizing mortgage refinancing one customer at a time. 855-773-8634. 855-773-8634. More with Robert Palmer coming up. But you know, a few moments ago, I was talking about some of the tools that we offer you right here at the Robert Palmer family of companies. There's the Home Value Hotline. That's right. You can simply call 866-222-8231, 866-222-8231. And you can find out more about how much your home is worth. Okay. Maybe get some hints on how to increase the value of that home. Also, you could text... 35353, fill out the form for your home value. That makes it very, very easy to do. And you know something else we provide here? A preferred list of leading real estate professionals in the area. Well, how do we do that? Well, over the years, of course, RP Funding, one of Robert's companies, has worked with thousands of real estate agents. We've seen the good. We've seen the not so good. We've seen the people that just are part-timers who leave the papers on the couch or can't find them in the trunk of the car, and don't take this real seriously. On the same notion, there are people that are very closely associated with Robert Palmer and RP Funding as friends and also professional colleagues that just work almost 24 hours a day. Well, when we come to RP Funding to get a mortgage, there are a series of surveys 
say that real quick. A series of surveys that come out all during the lending process, the closing, the documentation, everything. Every step of the way, there's a short survey. Well, we read that all the time to, number one, evaluate our staff members at RP Funding, but also, number two, evaluate everybody in the transaction, including the real estate professionals. So if you don't have a real estate professional in mind, you call our office at 855-773-8634, and you will be provided with a list of people that really specialize in the type of real estate that you're trying to buy or sell, all right? So from there, we are going to talk a little bit more about credit cards. Credit cards can be a great friend, Robert, if we treat them right. The credit card is there. You know, it's like the old saying, Rob, you know, guns don't kill people, people kill people, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And it's kind of the same thing with credit cards. You know, credit cards are just a tool. Credit cards are the vehicle. And now, yes, if you misuse a credit card, it can get you in trouble very quickly. But the key is we're not going to misuse our credit cards, right? We're going to have the credit cards. We're going to take advantage of them to the best of of our ability and to the best uses for us. We're going to rack up the points. And then the cool thing is, no matter what you're into, right, there seems to be a credit card that will reward you and help you with the things you want. Uh, you know, there's a there's a some of the car companies now, Rob. They have a credit card, and you can use the points toward a down payment on a vehicle. Right? I didn't know that. So yeah, so I think I think GMC has one of these. So you wow. get the GMC card and the points you can use for a down payment and discounts on an actual vehicle. So you know, if you want that brand new truck. You can actually get money toward it by using the GM credit card. And as long as we pay it off every month on time, in full, there's no interest. And so if I can buy a vehicle cheaper by using a credit card and then paying it off in full, why would I not do that, right? If I go to the grocery store and I have a choice between the cash in my pocket, which doesn't get me anything, right? I have a debit card or credit uh, check card. Because I don't pay attention, I don't listen to Robert. I don't. I didn't cancel that thing, and so now, which is even worse, because with the with the the debit card, the check card, you're actually a huge risk of fraud. So we got one of those in our wallet, and then the third choice is a credit card, the GMC credit card, where uh, every dollar I put on it, I get a point toward being able to buy a new truck cheaper, right? Or maybe you're not in need of a new vehicle. Maybe you're a traveler, right? So every point, every time I swipe that card, I get points, which is going to move me toward being able to take that vacation I want. Or it's going to move me toward, you know, buying, you know, you can buy Apple products. I mean, it's amazing the the economy that the credit cards have set up in order to let you cash in on your utilization. Now, why do they do that? They do this to encourage you to spend. They do this to try to get you in trouble. But we're too smart for that, right? We know the tricks, right? That's that's the whole. Hey, what do we, we got a rule for that, Rob? If you know the tricks, they don't work. That is rule number five, right? That's right. So we know the trick. The trick is, hey, Robert, we're going to give you these points because we want you to enjoy a nice new vehicle. Wrong. You're giving me the points because you want me to screw up and get in over my head, right? And uh, and but we know the trick. And so guess what? We're not going to do that. We're not going to get in over our head. But why would we avoid, right? So option A is the cash in my pocket, which doesn't get me anything toward a vacation or anything toward a truck, or anything toward... Now, now the key is when the cash in my pocket's gone, it's gone. And there's zero chance of me having to pay interest uh, if I use the cash in my pocket, right? But then option, the other option is to use this credit card. And so if I swipe this credit card and I get these points, and then I immediately go home or I immediately go to the bank and I use the cash in my pocket to pay that credit card back off right then and there, right? Th- then nothing's changed. I haven't paid any interest. I haven't worsened my financial situation. But what I have done is I've taken advantage of the credit card company, right? I've taken their gift. I've taken their gimmick. I've taken their trick and I've turned it back around on them and I'm going to take advantage of it. You know what credit card company? Yeah, I am going to use your card like crazy. I am going to swipe it all over town, but only for purchases I would have made with the cash in my pocket. And then I'm going to commit to going and paying that credit card off. So I have no negative repercussions. I have no interest payments. I have no late fees. I have no penalty fees. I have no over limit fees. I have none of the things you're trying to trap me with that make you money but guess what? I still got the points. I still get to roll into the, the Chevy dealership in six months and get a nice discount because I racked up points. I get to take the, the, the wife on a nice cruise and use points to pay for it because I used the card at the counter and I paid it off. So they got nothing from me, right? They got nothing from me, but I still got the points, the cash back, the rewards, the truck, the whatever it is. And, and, and so a lot of people are like, well, Robert, you know, why do they do that? They don't, how are they making any money if they're not making money off your interest? The other way the, the, the credit card companies make money and a lot of good money is they charge the merchant, right? Rob, so whenever you swipe that card, mm-hmm. the, the person you're buying from has to pay a fee, 
right? So, you know, if you're at Publix and you use your credit card, Publix is going to pay a fee to, to the credit card company in order to, to facilitate that transaction. So this is where they get their, their money on the front end. So they'll probably break even on you if you're not letting them earn any interest. They're not going to lose money on you. They're, they're too smart for that. But they're going to probably break even on you. And, and chances are the merchant has built that cost into their pricing. Right. Because everybody's using credit cards these days, Rob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every now and then you'll see the gas station that'll say, oh, you know, get a three cent discount if you pay with cash because they're trying to avoid those credit card processing fees. Right. Usually so, there's a demonstration, though, when they do that. People yeah. get real mad at that kind of thing. I'm and, telling you what, I still I still see it every now and then. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. You know, we are so used to using check cards, debit cards, credit cards, whatever it is, that it's built into the cost. And so the person who's paying cash is actually overpaying. Right, because they're they're making extra profit for the company because they're not having to pay those credit card fees, but then they're not getting the bonus, they're not getting the points, they're not getting the rewards, and 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 you may think it's insignificant, but it's not. I mean, you know, I, you can do some really cool stuff on credit card points, and and there's entire websites out there built to help people figure out how to maximize these. And you know, if you want to go to Italy, here's the best credit card to have, and here's how many points you're going to need. If you want that new truck, here's the right credit card to have. If you just want cash back, uh, you know, some of the cards out there will just straight up give you cash back at the end of the year and you can use that for whatever you want so you know this is a financial tool that i think we would be foolish to not take advantage of so again getting back to kind of my where we started on this so if you don't have any credit at all you pay cash you know it's easy to pay cash for vehicles right you can just say hey, you know what uh, i'm not going to drive a new car i'm going to go buy uh, an older used vehicle i can pay cash for four or five thousand dollars i'm done now one thing i will tell you is uh, maintenance and other things on this vehicle are probably more expensive than a newer vehicle. I'm not saying a brand new vehicle, Rob, right? But, you know, a lot of times people will buy a very cheap car in order to avoid borrowing money, in order to avoid having a car payment, but then they spend almost as, almost as much as the car payment would have been in maintenance every year, yeah, right? Sure because, I mean, let's face it, older vehicles require more maintenance. And so if you're going to spend 3000 a year in maintenance, uh, you might as well just, you know, ponied up a $250 a month car payment and gotten something a little newer that wasn't going to have the same kind of maintenance drains. Uh, so again, all these things fit in together. The, the goal of this is to put yourself in the best possible financial position. The goal cannot be, the goal cannot be simply, I don't want to have credit, right? That can't be the goal. The goal has to be, I'm going to put myself in the best possible financial position. And so a lot of people think that the way to put themselves in the best possible financial position is to not have any credit. And uh, that's just that's just not it. That's not the way to do it. That's not the way uh, to, to set yourself up for success, right? And that's what we're talking about here. That's what we're here to help with. So uh, back to my example. So you, you're the person, you do have a couple credit cards, right? And you use them responsibly and you're going to, you know, you're going to use them so that you can uh, get your vacation or your new vehicle. You're using the credit cards, you're paying them off. The credit card companies see a history of you paying on time. This is great. This is going to help your credit score. And you went out and you bought a car. You didn't buy a brand new car. You didn't go above your means, but you did get something maybe that had, you know, a little bit of time left on the warranty, something that was going to require a little less maintenance. And so you have a car payment but you don't have all the ridiculous maintenance payments. And guess what? You also now have a trade line on your credit report that is positively reporting that is helping you build your credit. Mm. So this is another positive, right? So now this person, the person who chose option two, right? So option one, they pull the cash out of their pocket every time they make a purchase, don't believe in credit. They think it's the roads to ruin, which it can be, but not if you're responsible. And the funny thing is, Rob, the same people who think that are the ones who are so responsible, they would never let themselves get in trouble with credit. Uh, And they're the very ones that won't have it. So uh, person uh, A pulls the cash out of their pocket, doesn't get the points, doesn't build their credit score, doesn't build up their credit, uh, and they just pay cash. Person B puts it on the credit card, gets the points, increases their credit score, and then immediately pays it off. So neither person is paying any interest. Uh, in the next scenario, the, the person one is paying cash for a car, but then they're spending $3,000 a year in repairs. Person two uh, has a $250 a month car payment, and they're not spending $3,000 a year in repairs. So again, they're, they're, they're dead even, but person two is building credit and is actually going to have a nicer car that's paid off uh, when they're done with making the payments on that car loan. So now it comes time uh, for rule number seven, own real estate sooner, not later. It comes time to buy a house, right? The person who used the credit cards and racked up the points, the person who bought the car and financed it uh, and saved the money in, in maintenance but did have a car payment, they're going to have a credit score. They're going to have a good credit score because they were responsible. And person A isn't going to have a credit score at all because they don't have any history of paying debt. And, and so now person one is going to get denied to buy a home because they don't have a credit score. They don't have any history of paying on time. So now what are they going to do, right? <laughs> you know, now, now they're going to keep renting, which what's worse, making a mortgage payment or paying rent? I mean, yes, technically rent is not debt, but we, we all have to pay to live somewhere. And so for the renter, 100% of that monthly payment is gone. 
It's just gone. Poof, it's gone. It's like the maintenance on the car, right? So the person who's making the, the small car payment in 36 months, 48 months, whatever it is, that, that, that's paid off. That's zero. And now, now you have the asset there where the $3,000 a year the other person's putting toward maintenance, that's just gone, right? That's gone. That's, that's keeping the, the busted old car they bought operating. It's not adding mm-hmm. anything to their net worth. And the same thing happens with rent. Every time you mail a rent payment in, you still owe the same amount. You're not getting where you're not gaining any asset. You're not moving in the right direction. You're not gaining any positive traction. And this is bad. And, but with a mortgage, when you buy the home, every time you mail in a payment, a little bit of it goes toward the principal. You're a little bit closer to having that home free and clear. And then simultaneously, in most markets, especially right now, that home's going up in value, even if just a little bit. If all you get is a, a 3%, you know, which if you look historically over 20 or 30 years, even the worst markets in the country have gotten the 3% increase, right? I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, not, an un, it's not a realistic, unrealistic number, right? So, and like we talked about before, if you have a, a $200,000 house and it goes up 3% a year, that's $6,000 increase, right? Where else can you make an extra $6,000 a year doing nothing, right? And, and so scenario one, I'm paying rent and the rent's gone. And uh, guess who's getting those increases in value, Rob, when I pay rent? Yeah, the, the landlord. landlord. Yeah. The landlord. He gets it. And guess who's, um, guess who's mortgage amounts going down a little bit every month? The landlord. The landlord, right? <laughs> Isn't it great becoming empowered? Don't you feel a little more force in your life right now? And you've just been listening a little bit. Imagine once you become more familiar with the Saving Thousands lines, like the Saving Thousands radio show. But for a minute here, let's talk about some of the other things we can do for you. How about the archived Saving Thousands shows? That's right. You can go to savingthousands.com or to the Saving Thousands app on your phone, and you can listen to past radio shows. We've got some that are really, really being played on demand right now, like putting your credit cards to work for financial success, the various types of home loans, and the loan process step by step by step. Confused about refinance? Here's how it all works. Ways to save on your house payment without a refi. Explaining the mortgage process. And finally, how to take control of the closing session. You know, of all parts of home buying, a lot of people are intimidated because they just don't know the process. So we'll walk you through the process each and every step of the way, keeping you informed of even where your loan application is, on whose desk, at what time, and what is the prognosis. That is called communication, folks, and that's what we're all about. So the radio shows are archived. You can go online and listen to them anytime you want. And hey, I can't forget about my good friends in the editorial department because we have a staff of unbelievable writers. And here's one, the most popular written piece right now is moving back home with mom and dad and creating a mutually beneficial exit strategy. Okay, article number two, budgeting the four ways to stay on track. Number three, does advancing my career mean drowning in debt? And number four, the real story behind student loans. And we've all heard what a quagmire that can become, right? It can become a real, real mess. Well, you know, more and more people are deciding that they want to buy a home, but boy, they're sure nervous about it. And a lot of people stay away from home ownership altogether because they just don't know the procedure and they're scared of being a homeowner. Well, look up and down your block. There are plenty of people enjoying being homeowners, right, Robert? So if it was so terrible, we wouldn't have landlords, right? I mean, you know, if you look, if you look at the, the wealth of people, who are landlords compared to those who are renters, right? The, the, the landlords are the rich ones, right? They're the really wealthy ones. They're the ones that have really? a, a high net worth. Why? You know, because they have the real estate. And, and if it was a bad deal, if owning a home was a bad deal in the long term, do you think these really rich folks would own so much real estate? Absolutely not. And, and what, what happened, Rob, is for, for a whole generation, they saw the way real estate ruined a lot of families' lives, right? And, and it did. And, you know, we had, we had the crash and a lot of people were upside down. Uh, what I will tell you is if people, you know, the people who didn't get the toxic mortgages, who didn't get taken advantage of, who got a good, solid 30-year fixed mortgage, they really didn't have the problem, right? Because their payment didn't change. Their payment didn't go up. They just kept paying it like it was rent, right? So if you lived in a house and all of a sudden that house loses value, well, if the payment is affordable, if the payment's the same as rent, who cares? When you were a renter, you didn't get any benefit of the value of the home, Right. And so, but for a whole generation, they saw, you know, property prices crash. And it really happened very quickly. I mean, over a two or three year period, we saw property crash, you know, property values crash. Mm-hmm. And they immediately have now started going back up. And if you delete that whole period, right, if you just, if you take the long-term appreciation chart and you delete like 2005 and six and seven, 
maybe even 2004, it, it's a pretty straight line, right? So we had that anomaly where it spiked and it came back down. But over the long haul, so even the, like I mean, I, I had a lot of properties. I bought, I bought the house I'm sitting in right now in 2007, right? Uh, eight years ago to uh, this week, actually. And uh, so yeah, it's worth a lot more than uh, the one, or a lot less than what I paid for it. Uh, but uh, actually, I'm getting pretty close back now. But, but you know, but but the payment is the payment, and I owe a lot less than I did when I bought it eight years ago. And so yeah, I didn't hit the home run with the appreciation part, but I'm starting to get that back now. And I bought at the worst possible time on this particular property. And so even when you miss in real estate over the long haul, you're going to be fine. You know, 15, 20 years from now, this thing's going to be paid off, right? And uh, it's going to be paid off, and it's going to be worth more than what I paid for, and it's going to be a really nice asset. So even even the worst of times, uh, real estate is still uh, more beneficial mm -hmm. than renting, right? And, and so what we see, Rob, is people who have owned before, people who have seen the impact this has, right? You know, when you live in a house and you make your payment and uh, all of a sudden you wake up 10 years later and you've got 70, 80, $90,000 in equity in that house, right? This is, that's real money. You know, well, we, we have people that they, they bought their first home. You know, they buy a $200,000 home, probably right about the same time they start putting money into their 401k, right? And, and so then they wake up 10 years later and the, the home has seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars in equity, and the four hundred one k only has like twenty or thirty thousand in it, and, and they realized that the buying the home was probably the the best choice they could have made for their retirement. Buying the home has done more to increase their net worth and put them in a position to succeed. You know, people who bought homes in two thousand ten and eleven are absolutely seeing this right now. You know that their homes are up significantly. There's people who just in two or three years their homes increase sixty, seventy thousand dollars. That's mm -hmm. real money. They can sell the home right now and bank that money. Uh, into their 401k or whatever they want to do into a retirement account, they've got sixty or seventy thousand dollars more than the person who chose to rent, right? So let's let's go back to person A and person B. So in 2010, person A and person B. Remember, person A is my guy who pays cash for everything mm -hmm. and doesn't believe in credit and thinks that credit's the path of financial ruin, which it can be if you're irresponsible, right? But you don't have to be irresponsible. That's your choice. And then person B, who's very responsible, person B pays their cards off every month takes advantage of the points, takes advantage of the discounts on the vehicle. They probably furnish their whole house with using credit card points, right? And they, they buy the vehicle, they buy an affordable car, but they take out a loan on it. Uh, so they get a little bit newer car, so they don't have to have the big maintenance bills and they have the good credit score. And so now in 2010, person A and person B both go to buy a $200,000 house. And person A can't get a mortgage because they don't have any credit. So they go rent. Person B buys the $200,000 house. Fast forward to today, and that house is probably worth $260,000, $270,000. So the person who was not afraid of credit, the person who, who followed rule number four, rule number four, don't abuse credit, but don't fear it either. Don't fear credit, but don't abuse it. The person who followed rule number four now has an extra sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 in net worth because the home went up in value. The mortgage has gone down in balance, right? And, and who knows how much they've made during that time period off of cashing in their credit card points, not having to pay for vacations, getting the discount on the truck, whatever it is. You know, and, and the vehicle got paid off and they traded that one in and went out and got another vehicle with a similar payment. But it's a nicer vehicle this time because they had the down payment money plus the equity in the first vehicle and they took out the small loan. They didn't get eaten up with maintenance bills and, and repair bills on their car because they bought a little bit newer. Who's in a better situation today? And you know what? Person A is paying more in rent each and every year while person B's home, uh, their home payment never went up. That's it. It That's was it. frozen. They, they locked in the, the person who bought the home on a 30-year fixed rate loan in 2010, locked in the 2010 monthly prices, right? Think about it that way. 2010 fact, money. Yeah, mon yeah, 2010 money, 2010 <laughs> monthly prices, right? The rent has gone up uh, dramatically since 2010, but that person's mortgage payment is the exact same. This is what's powerful about the way everything we talk about here on the radio fits together, right? You know, we've got to have credit. We can't fear it. We've got to own real estate sooner, not later. We've got to shop around. You know, we're going to assume that both of our people shop around. We're going to assume they all follow rule number one, always shop around so that they, they got a good deal on the car. They got a good deal on the house. They got a good deal on the mortgage. We're going to assume all that. You know, rule number two, Rob, know your numbers. Uh, you know, person number one doesn't know their credit score because they don't have one. That's right. right? And, and person number two has got a great credit score, which empowered them to buy that home. You know, know your numbers, know your home value. That's another big one. You know, for person two, they're really excited now when they call the home value hotline and find out how much that house is worth compared to what they, they bought it for and compared to what they owe on it today. Mm -hmm. Your balances, you know, as that mortgage balance is going down and the home value is going up, as that car loan balance is going down, right, with every payment, and eventually it's going to be free and clear. You know, this is know your numbers. This is rule number two. Uh, interest rates, obviously a big one. You know, don't, they're not going to take, my financial ninjas aren't going to take a crappy interest rate 
They're not going to get beat up. They're not going to forget to make that credit card payment. They're going to make sure that everything is paid on time. They're not going to be a victim of identity theft, right? They're going to monitor their credit. They're going to know what's going on. They're going to be in tune with this. They're not going to put their head in the sand. They're not going to meander around like a financial zombie. You know, anybody out there who's watched The Walking Dead, you know, these zombies just bounce around until they either hit a chain link fence. You know, Rob, if the zombie apocalypse ever happens, I am going to invest everything I have in chain link fence companies <laughs> uh, because it's just probably the most important thing in, in fighting zombies. Uh, you know, and so this is what financial zombies do. They just kind of bounce off of things and they just kind of meander and wander around and, and then a new loud noise pops up and maybe they'll pay attention. So, you know, the, the, the loud noise is maybe your, your car insurance goes up so much that you notice, right? They normally, normally they just increase it a little bit on you every year and they slow walk you into a higher payment. And then one year they, they mess up and they overcharge you a little too much. And now it shows up on your radar. You know, this is the loud sound that's going to finally attract the, the attention of the financial zombie. You know, they, they've been the, the subject, these little increases, you know, they've been on auto pay. They're not paying attention. They don't open the bills. They have no idea. They've got credit cards. They're making the minimum payments on. And then all of a sudden the card's maxed out and now they wake up and pay attention. All right. This is, this is financial zombie. And I want you to be a financial ninja. I want you to, to know your numbers. I want you to pay attention. I want you to have a plan. I want you to understand the power and the benefits of credit. I want you to understand what it means to have a good credit score, what it means to have a, a good solid credit history, what it means to have available credit that you can utilize in an emergency. So you're not having to go back and borrow money from mom and dad, or if you are mom and dad, you're not having to borrow money from the kids. You know, cause this is what kills me, Rob. There's people out there who will refuse to have, you know, traditional credit because, you know, they think it's going to ruin them. But they get in a pinch and they'll go borrow money from their kids or borrow money from their parents. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, this is where having those cards available, having that, you know, having that emergency fund. Let's not forget, I want everybody, rule number 10, I want you to have a savings account equal to three months of your last three months of gross pay, right? Not take home gross pay, your last three months of gross pay. Now, not everybody has that, right? They should. If they listen to this radio show, they should. And if you're in that situation, it's going to be a lot longer before you would need to fall back on credit to help you in an emergency, but a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people can't put away the three months. Uh, and so if you can't, you've got to have something else to fall back on. So we, we've got to, when I say don't abuse credit, when rule number four says don't abuse credit, this is don't live outside your means. Don't purchase things you can't afford, right? But when you've got the cash, when you've got the money, when it's an easy purchase that you're going to make anyway, I don't want you to fear credit. If you can benefit from using the credit, I want you to use the credit. It's, it's that simple. And uh, so that, that's rule number four. And Robert, time after time, we have proven to people that home ownership is very simple as long as they've got a great teammate. And that teammate can be RP Funding. And the first step toward that American dream, the very first effort that we want you to make to see how easy it is to buy a home with all the programs out there, with all the low interest rates, and all the people wanting to buy new homes going up or even downsizing to smaller homes well, right now is a very good time. You have historic record interest rates. Things are looking good out there. So try to do that. Try to become part of all that. The uh, Saving Thousands team under Robert Palmer is creating more and more ways to help. But let's kind of review where we're at. We have the Saving Thousands radio show. You're listening to it right now. We've got the Saving Thousands rules to success. You'll find them on the website. Saving Thousands articles. Saving Thousands radio shows archived. And there's more and more coming down the pike. So if you've got a financial idea, maybe you want somebody to come out and talk to your club group organization, you let us know. We'll send somebody out. But most of all, get your education right here on the radio on this outstanding radio station that we selected in your town because it's a strong station, a good station. And the people that listen to it are the up-and-comers. They are the people who want to expand their knowledge of all things financial. And that's why we're here. So until next time, use the Saving Thousands rules to success, and you'll be getting Saving Thousands with Robert Palmer.